Blog Talk Radio. Asperger's 
or anything <laughs> of that nature because um, that's not it. And I, I won't go off on, you know, the spiritual point about what has in, invaded people to do such things. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. people that... Uh, guns kill people. Uh, people use the guns to do that, but I really don't know what was taking place. Obviously, my heart still hurts um, with these babies, and prior to the show even coming up, uh, they did something interesting on The Voice and had all of the children's names and sang a song for each one of them to some extent for their opening on on TV. So it's just, uh, it's a very delicate situation. I know a bit more about the carnage that took place out there, and it's something that we're all trying to still process. And, again, my heart and prayers have been going out since, I even heard of it. I mean, because, you know, being out here on the East Coast, Connecticut is not far. People, parents were still trying to come in from New York to get to their kids up there in Newtown. So it's just really, really uh, a very traumatic and a situation that we really need to address. I don't know if it's, I really don't know if it's mental illness to what the news has been saying, you know what I mean? Like, I, if I mm-hmm. if I know someone, I, I, I can't even say if I know. I know tons of people that, you know, have varying degrees. I, I can even include myself with it, dealing with anxiety, but it's not in my heart to go out and do something like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and that's uh, a point that Dr. Drew uh, had, I noticed he tweeted about earlier, say, somebody made the point that CNN and, and MSNBC are getting it wrong by the way that they're describing um, people with uh, Asperger's as uh, having, um, as mentally deranged, and that's not the case at no. all. It's, uh, the thing is that, you know, there are plenty of people uh, very high-functioning with that particular um mental condition that, you know, are friends of mine, um, and it, and it's it's not, the, the way that it's kind of being vilified right now, it, you know, for the most, I mean, I don't know anybody living with that who is violent, you know, I don't know anybody that I know personally who would go and do what this man did on Friday, um, so... I think that kind of there's something in the language, the way that the the cable news networks, there's something in the language that they're getting wrong. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, you know, we all communicate different ways through language, through nonverbal communication. I mean, hell, my degree's in that, what have you. I know the tricks of the trade. And I wish I could put my finger on what they really are getting wrong. But But, again, we really don't know the gravity of what took place um, for that man to do what he did. Obviously, we know yeah. about the carnage and what have you. But and I even, you know, sad to say, I'll admit it, I watched Wendy Williams today to see what she was saying, and then I watched mm-hmm. The View to see what they were saying. And, you know, of course, everybody's breaking down 
But one thing that they did mention was the video games, and that's not even it. It's not that. Because I, as a as a healthy, young, straight woman, played with Barbie dolls. You already know what I did to that. Played with G.I. <laughs> Joes and the Star Wars stuff. But having, in my heart, becoming even a medic for 10 years now, it's never even as even as tough as things have been in my life. It has never been, at least in my makeup, to ever do anything like that. I mean, I I, I would probably have been the principal that would have tried to jump the guy and right. knock him down. I mean, we had a situation yeah, in the A train earlier um, this evening um, where this guy just started talking crazy, and he looked like he was pulling something out of his pocket, and we literally all just rushed him. And we were just like, not today. That's it. Really? And then we, yeah, and we got up here to 145. Actually, we stopped at 125th, and FDNY and NYPD took him off the train. He didn't have anything, but, it, 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 you know, they took him into medical um, service, and but, but still it was just like, no, you got everyone just stop for a minute, and what you've been telling me, since you know what I'm dealing with housing-wise, just breathe. So it's just, it, it, you know, I, I don't I don't know. But like I said, I am, I'm not a Bible thumper at all, but I'm very prayerful, and um, my heart, uh, I keep it together here, goes out to those families because, and even as a first responder, I know bullets can do some damage because I have fired guns, and I know the capacity of the damage that they can do, and I just, you know, it's just something, gun control laws, okay, let's revamp those maybe, but I I don't know if that would have inhibited this person because his mother purchased all the guns legally. Why she had them, we heard from her sister, you know, she may or may not have been a bit of a bit of a survivalist and okay, that's fine, but something took place that we don't know about. And it, obviously yeah. it's still wrong. I, everything is wrong. But mm-hmm. I wanna know what led up to that. Because we were all strange as kids. I grew up in Fresno, California. It could be hundred and ten degree weather and there was a red coat that I had to have on me. And I'm still halfway normal. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, we, we we just don't know. But in the midst of saying, uh, you know, we've all been, we, we're all strange, you know, I had to do something very strange today. And you can ask me questions about it later. Okay. Um, yeah, before we, uh, I definitely will in a second. Um, mm-hmm. just wanted to also say, uh, you know, my heart is totally broken over what happened on Friday. My thoughts go out to the, the families, the victims. Um, Newtown is a, a place that uh, I would always drive through uh, going from um, New Haven, where I'm from, to Syracuse, yes. where I went to college. And, yes. you know, it's always on the way on Route 34. You go through Newtown. Um, and Newtown does have a, a bit of a sordid past. There, there was. Um, a, it's not a town without a history of some sort of violence. People tend to forget um, 
that bad things have happened there because it is a quiet Connecticut suburb. But by and large, um, you know, it's it's a very safe place. It's a small town, um, and uh, it, it's uh, the first Syracuse person, um, the first Syracuse drama person that I met was my friend Aaron Zaruba, who uh, we met at the, like, Welcome to Syracuse, Connecticut Students Picnic in August of 2001. Um, and when we uh, uh, met, um, she came up to me, and she was like, uh, oh, your dad just told my mom that you went to ECA, which is this acting school in New Haven that people from some people from Newtown went to. Um, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a, another example mm-hmm. of how small the, small the theater world is. Um, and mm-hmm. she's she said, uh, so you went to ECA, do you know Jessica Latawicki? And Jessica Latawicki was her best friend, also from Newtown, with whom I went to uh, my coronation ball senior year. Um, and uh, Aaron is now, you know, we went to college together. Um, I lived in L.A. for uh, two years. She moved in shortly before I left. Uh, and now she's moved to Astoria and with her husband and new baby. So it is. used to be Aaron Zaruba, now it's Aaron Laux. And um, she was, you know, I, I I talked to her on Friday just to make sure she was okay, and she said she was fine. It's very sad and uh, by what happened. Um, I don't know if that's where she went to elementary school, but I do know that uh, she did write on her Facebook status last night, it's so weird to see the president in um, my high school auditorium. I practically lived there for four years. Um, because, you know, musical theater and theater kids uh, are, are always, you know, living in the auditorium, doing tech, doing shows, doing rehearsals, whatnot. And um, it's just horrifying that, that this particular circumstance is what brought national attention to that this small town, uh, international attention, I should say. And uh, my thoughts go out to her and, you know, her family, her friends, um, and it's it's just kind of it hits really close to home. I mean, I'm I'm not from there, but it is about forty minutes from New Haven and about forty minutes from here, so it's kind of right right in the middle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's you know you you think when these things happen, they usually happen. Uh, unfortunately, that they happen at all, but they they tend to happen in, in uh, Colorado. You know, it seems like every couple of years this happens in Colorado, something like this, and but. For this to happen with these little children so close to here, so close to my home, um, it's just it's really tragic. And uh, uh, did you did you happen to see the president's speech last night? I uh, I caught snippets of it in and out from uh, work. Um, <laughs> I saw his original uh, speech, which again I'm trying to keep it together. Um, it was just. I mean, come on, they're babies. I mean, we're all babies. We were somebody's baby at some point, but we're all in this together to see six. I think the oldest age was six, I think. It just it, it doesn't even matter the oldest age at this point. It, it was just horrifying, and I don't I, – I, my brain as a normal functioning Adult woman, halfway healthy, cannot process that. And even as a medic, if I had to deal with that as a first responder, you know, I saw one of the pictures 
of all of the uh, cops hugging each other because of what they saw. So I I don't want to go into any more graphic detail. I know I did leave you a voicemail about what the tarps meant um, when they had the yellow and red tarps out. That was interesting to see from the helicopter, Um, but that's when I knew it was going. That was bad. But it just... um, you know, I, it, it's just hard. Uh, the folks that I know up there in Danbury and in Newtown, they are okay. Um, but obviously it's just, it's, you know, shaking people to the core. And it doesn't even have to be the holiday season. It's just shaking people to the core of what is going on. And like I said, it's not a mental health issue like that, what the news is reporting, it's just something else that is taking place that, you know, okay, we have gun laws, this woman had her guns legally, and her son apparently, you know, from the news, used them upon her, and then went and carried out this particular act, and that. I don't know if there's any defense against that because if somebody wants to do something crazy like that, they're going to do something crazy, and and that's it. You, know, you talk about warning signs or anything of that nature, yeah, you know, you, you can – I think people that talk about warning signs have seen a lot of warning signs and nobody's done nothing. People that don't talk about warning signs, maybe that's it. I don't know, but – it. In the end result, what we need to do, God willing, as a society, is just try to find some love in our hearts for each other. I mean, I just, I, I don't, I, I really don't know. Really do you think that there should be stricter, do you think that there should, um, the ban on assault weapons should be reinstated? Well, okay, check this out. If you're trying to catch a deer, you know, this is for my Michigan militia folks, if they ever tune into this. Okay, check this out. If they can get, you know, the deer in one shot, you know, deer hunter, do it. But you don't need 50 shots to do the deer in if you're still trying to eat it. You see what I mean? It's like if you're mm-hmm. a gunman, then do it. Otherwise, you know... You know, what's good? Let us know what's good. You know, you guys are preparing for something that apparently none of us other folks really know what's going on, then do it. But uh, I I don't think you need to have, you know, unless you're in law enforcement, obviously, I don't think you need to have multiple, you know, multiple clips that reload like that, unless you're in law enforcement. I'm just curious because last week on the on the program you mentioned that um, you know it, it, you do you would want to reserve the right to to carry uh, a weapon um, and this and and that is you know yes. obviously part of the constitution part of this country. Yes. Um, now uh, we see that you have uh, all these um, uh, NRA members, conservatives, uh, Republicans who have kind of been at the beck and call of the NRA for years, 
they're coming mm-hmm. out saying that there should be stricter regulation when it comes to gun control, and this kind of just started today. Um, mm-hmm. Are you of that mind? Do you is there a limit on what you think we should be able to uh, possess? I think, and I will research this uh, after we're done here. Uh, I know, I think Switzerland is one of the few countries, uh, and I think that's where the Glock 9 is uh, made. Those citizens are legally allowed to carry a firearm with them, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't think that you need a 50-load, you know, reload with you. That's all. I mean, and it's, and if you, you know, I'm trying not to disclose too much, but if you know the details of what took place in Newtown at Sandy Hook, uh, this guy had ammunition for a city. Yeah. So the fact that that didn't happen in, you know, where I work in Midtown and some of the Broadway theaters, okay. But it's just like, okay, let's just, Let's get a hold of this thing right now. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to tramp on anyone's rights because I don't. Right. As a black woman, I don't want nobody to tramp on my rights. Mm. Period. But right. uh, as a person that's fired um, certain guns, mm-hmm. I don't want folks to do any of that. I, I don't want. I don't want them to trample on the rights, but also right. just have some common sense about it. That's all. Yeah. That's all. You know, All right, well, we'll end, we'll, we'll end this on that note and um, bring on our guest. Uh, so let's switch gears Yay! a little bit here. Our guest tonight <laughs> is the CEO of Act Like It Entertainment and the CEO yeah. of the Global Gangsters Movement. Please welcome to the program, JoJo Capone. <laughs> That was a standing ovation for you, sir. I'm all right, yourself. Uh, We're doing okay. Um, Hello, Jojo. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? No need to complain. All right, I like that. No need to complain. So tell me. Okay, so you had the. Let me get this straight. The label is Act Like It Entertainment, and the movement is Global Gangsters. Is that right? Correct. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what's going on with your record label, and um, I know you guys have a lot of mixtapes up now. Uh, what's what's popping off with Act Like It Entertainment right now? Well, actually, right now we just did. Um, I produce movies as well, so I just had a, a, a casting call for the film in Philadelphia this weekend, and um, I'm doing another one. I believe, yeah, I'm gonna do another one this weekend coming up in Baltimore, and the one after in Chicago. So uh, I've been, dealing, you know, going back and forth with the films at the moment. But we also just dropped uh, four um, iTunes albums. One would be wow. the Home of Capone, the Home of Capone, by Mind, Body, and Soul. That was the first album that I ever put out, um, mm-hmm. Act Like an Entertainment. And the next three are about the Global Gangsters, which are Rhyme of Crime, Earth, I, Turf. Value one and two. Okay, and they're all available on iTunes now. When you talk about these, uh, the movies that you're doing, are they 
are they hip hop related movies or are they are you what are you doing with the films? Are you directing them? Are you in them? Yes, directing and producing. But they're both they're, they they these going straight to theater. These are these big budget films, no 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 like direct hip hop film, these like actual real mm-hmm. movies. Oh, oh wow! Can you tell us oh, nice. anything about what they're about? Yeah, the um the one that we pushing now is called Dog Men, and the synopsis is out right now. I've actually, been in the talks with uh Mike Epps to probably come on board with me. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, partner in with me on the films. He 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 he's he's ecstatic about them, so that's a good thing for me. That's good. That's good to hear. And uh, Timmy, can I, and I know you have a question over there. What's going on? Well, I want to know what's up with the beef. <laughs> Which one? Jojo. Well, okay. Oh, it looks like we. It looks like we lost him. Hopefully. Yeah, it kind of. It kind of sounded like we lost them for a minute. But I know Jojo Capone um, was up with uh, in a beef with some people and. Uh, oh, here he is. We got him. Okay. Jojo, okay. Which one? Yeah. Jojo, okay, back? which one? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no. Which one? Okay, which Nothing. one? Okay, okay, no. Jojo. This is, okay, Jojo, this is Tamika. I, I'm curious about the beef that you had when you said everybody got skeleton and they caused it. What's going on? What's good with that? Huh? Oh. I'm about the. Skeletons yes. in our closets, mixtapes. To, to whom is that dedicated? Who who are the people in hip hop out there that you think has skeletons in their closet? Majority, all of them. If you continue to watch B, I mean, continue to watch TMZ or listen to Blog Talk Radio, and the listeners will tell you, ninety percent of them. Well, not that. That's too less. That's too less. Ninety-nine percent of them. <laughs> so you you are in the one percent then. You got no skeletons in the closet. That's right. <laughs> none, wow. none whatsoever. Wow. Um, and along those lines, I heard that uh, you were supposed to do something with Rick Ross. Rick Ross requested. Uh, tracks from you guys. You sent them. He didn't respond. Uh, is are you guys cool? Is there beef? What's going on between you and Rick, Rick Ross? Ross? Here we go. Here we go. Well, no, well, well, actually, you know, it is no. I don't consider it an issue of no beef or nothing like that. It's just uh-huh. like I made my point of just being a man of your word. If you say you're gonna do something, do it. Simple as that. Like right. it, it don't. It don't take all that extra. Extra hoopla that they want to send you through because that wasn't the intentions when you even made the statement out your mouth. You know, you only made the statement because you believed in the artists that I have, and you actually, actually, basically had them somewhat considerably have a cipher with you, you know, and was blown away mm-hmm. by the cipher in front of in front of thousands of people because it was it was doing a time of a show. Before the show had started, so you know, and that, and this was all per his request. Like y'all spit something in person, let me hear something, and um, they done that, and um, he was like, man, when we get when we get back off this tour, we can meet up in um Miami, and uh, you know, bring the whole team down. Cause I was like, did you want just you know, cause there's five members in the group, did you want just one, two, whatever, you know, basically. He like, nah, bring them all down. 
So I'm like, cool, right. you know. So the tour was over. He like, but for now, send send six records over, and and um and um leave sixteens open, and then we'll put the difference of the records on it, complete the mixtape, and put it out there, and, and you know push it together and see how that turned out, and we'll take it from there. So I'm like, cool. I had the mm-hmm. six records back to him that same week. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. and, and, and when he done the first record, um, I'm a hustler with us. I sent him the record, say, this afternoon, and he sent it back to me tonight by 9 o'clock. So that's the person that I was thinking that I was going to be dealing with. You see what I'm right. saying? So, yes. you know, it was, yes. it, was no re- it was no reason for me to think other words mm-hmm. or otherwise, rather. So, you know, mm-hmm. so now when that didn't happen and, and I didn't hear anything else from him, you know, of course the artist, it was beyond just me telling them what, he would do and what he wouldn't do or what he's saying, you know, just from, from being told to me, he told this to them, they, to their, to their face. So, you know, usually managers go through that, like, you know, the managers broker all deals and situations, you know, but in this case, the artist himself and label owner of his, of his own entity told them that, you know, this is what he wanted to do. So it was, it was a different, you know, it was a different situation there. Once that happens, right. so you know. When this sort of stuff happens in the industry and things kind of fall through, how much blame would you, you know, I know you're you're really big on keeping your word um, and telling the truth, so how how much when it comes to artists doing this, how much blame would you put on the artist and then how much kind of gets put on the management? Do you think that the man, their artist management and their people kind of corrupt what they're supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, it it, it 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 basically it it basically taints a lot of relation relationships managers because mm-hmm. the manager only trying to get a dollar. First off, this manager got to see this artist make all this money, and he only gets a percentage of it. So that's right. one that's one issue, you know. So you know everybody might have them look percentages of jealous bones in their body. So you know now it's like okay, you'll see that these artists take a liking to other managers or other dudes that they look up to or whatever, and you you feel like your job is in jeopardy. And for me, you know, I, I kind of think it was, you know, it was it was kind of alongside those lines because a lot mm-hmm. of these guys just make their best friends or the homies they grew up with, they managers, but these dudes don't understand and don't know nothing about the business. So, mm-hmm. you know, and there's a lot of that going on. And then you can have you can have some managers that do know what they're doing and they're greedy. You know what I'm saying? That they have the artist. You know, it, it's really a, it's really hard to tell an artist what they really worth. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How do you tell a person you you worth sixty five thousand or eighty five thousand a show? Like you know you can you can, you know once you gross a certain amount of money, but if you haven't done a show or a tour and was and able to charge that amount, like, you know, so basically even for um, third parties, like by myself knowing every artist in the game, you know, I could have easily tried to start a booking type situation because I consult for a lot of them as well. They always call me for consultants, but they just call mm-hmm. it like the, the big homie hookup. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, big homie, if I'm having this kind of issue or problem, I'm going to just call him because he's not going to sweat it. He'll give me the real, 
and that's that. But what happens, they don't know how to compensate you for when you do that for them. You know, if you allow, mm-hmm. if you allow them to do it, they'll keep doing it. You know, right. they'll call you every chance they get. And right. then it's like, well, damn, you saying, well, when would they, you know, think to say, okay, well, how are your kids, you know, how are you feeling today? Or do you need mm-hmm. anything? You know what I'm saying? Like that ne- is never no offering from rappers. Why would 
me mm-hmm. being a dude from the street even raise a question. Like, you know, like we're dealing with lawyers and black and white and paperwork and signing off. So why would a, a street situation even come up if it's not a street situation to where is that you feel that, okay, I'm going to invest $30,000, I mean $30 million in this dude, and he going to go to jail tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Now, if it's one of them type of situations, so be. But that's not my case. But <laughs> Joe, I, but Joe, I'm our- Jojo, I'm already in love with you at this point. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, 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 and then what happens, what happens then now, okay, them same guys that you did get the $30 million to, they don't have no pass in the street. So when they do get robbed, then, but but you're willing to do business with me to try to get this his image back right, right though. Right. So, the big cycle. Oh yeah. There you go. Um, and that, there you there, have it. Is there beef with uh, uh, Jeezy? Did I read that somewhere? Uh, with who? With Young <laughs> Jeezy. It, it beef with him and who? Not with us. Okay, oh, so no. I must have misread that somewhere. No. Um, right. No, so no, no, no. You probably was just reading that because the question was asked, what was the relationship like with the both of them? And at the time, uh, you know, them two was having their words or whatever, and I right. had to basically, I had to play, you know, be the mediator, not so much of the mediator, but I stayed in the mid, and you know, in the middle of it to say that, look, man, you know, y'all got y'all millions from the game. I'm trying to get me and my guys some. So if we can do a solo deal over here with CTE, you know, uh, with, with with one or two or the three of the artists, it didn't matter. Like if we can do business over here, let's do that. Let's focus more on making records, like. And then it was like the thing that helped the most was Ross saying he wanted, you know, let's do a deal with the whole group, which mm-hmm. was a good thing. Which was a good thing because nobody would feel left out, you know. If a solo yeah. deal was done with Cheesy and a group deal was done with Ross, then hey, I'm saying we're gonna play, you know, the mediator in the middle, not monkeys mm-hmm. in the middle, but you know, we gonna stay in the middle. And try right. to try to just move the things out. Say, look, man, come on, y'all. We we you know we ain't getting trying a, to make a, money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Let's sell records, make good music, and give the people something to listen to. So, you know, and then it just it just turns out that I have a vocal point because of where I come from. Who else better mm-hmm. can tell you about something about some crime besides me here in the streets <laughs> of Chicago? Right, right, right. You no, know, and it's like I know this ain't this ain't the life you're trying to live, man. You you got a chance to travel the world, see other things, and then you got guys here as you see, it's three hundred or better murders a day. Like, come on, man. You know, wow. but wow. It's, a, it, it's like for me, I'm trying to get the millions and do business with y'all guys because I want to at least try to take three hundred uh, each group of three hundred dudes on the road, let them throw some t-shirts. See, see things in life so they won't harm each other. You know, when they do go on them African tours, you know, take them to Africa and see how, how the wealthy live and how the poor live, you know, in huts and things of that nature so you ain't taking advantage of your mother's house, you know, just... But you, but you know what? I'll tell you this. The folks that are living in their mother's huts out in Africa probably are a little richer than we are right now depending on everyone's varying situation. So I, I understand that, because, and I love that you brought that up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just yeah. it, it's beautiful and sad at some point, 
but not sad in the fact that, you know, you're like, boo-hoo crying. It's just like, okay, I can live in my mother's hut and be out there in Africa and be just as happy as I am subletting in Harlem. So what? Right. Uh, Jojo, you say that, uh, uh, explain to me why you said fuck you to Wale. Uh, because it, he, he just had, he threw a cheap shot at, uh, restaurants that, uh, a franchise of restaurants. It's a franchise restaurant out here called Harold's Chicken, very popular, well-known all over, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, he, he said it was overrated. So me being a, um, a business owner and, 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 and investor in the franchise, mm-hmm. it was kind of, you see what I'm saying? Like I had to defend that part, you know? You you did a national you did a, a national record saying that I still was overrated. Like who the who excuse my French, but who the fuck you think you talking to <laughs> or about? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So of course it, it when his ass didn't sell two records in the city because of that, he had to come <laughs> back and apologize and apologize and and do some yeah. community some community service type work in the store because mm-hmm. he didn't know. You know, and this is what I say: every man is accountable for what he says out of his mouth. Think before right. you speak. That's the other thing that I really hold you high standards in: that every man is accountable for what they say. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you do tell tell the truth. Speaking of, um, there's a lot of talk when it uh, comes to the game and rap music and hip-hop about uh, gangs. And I heard you say that, that you, where you come from, you're, you're organized crime. There's not gangs. It's organized crime. Um, and that you say that the time that Gotti gets, that's what you could get. First off, uh, what makes this, um, what makes what you've been involved in uh, organized crime as opposed to gangs? And secondly, do you ever worry that you actually could be put away, like, is that something that weighs on, on you? Well, you know, they, 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 you know, when you speak of the other government, man, they basically control your life as long as you're in, in any state or around the world, you know what I'm saying? If they have it out for you, you know, they're going to do whatever possible to bring you down. So mm-hmm. if you're a guy like myself and I'm out here parading around trying to tell these guys, to put the guns down, love each other, I'm a victim. You know what I'm saying? Because they want them to keep killing each other so they can send one to jail and make money off the other one that they bury of in the funeral um, home and graveyard right. that they own, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you're advocating against it. I mean, I, I hear you say that there's a lot of talk about um, when people kind of, young people first get in the game, they talk about Crips and Bloods and, and all this stuff, but you, <laughs> I heard you say you get your own green fucking bandana and rep shit. That shit don't hold no weight with me. You fuck over right. me, I'm going to fuck over you. Simple as that. Simple as that, exactly. You know, and, you know a, lot of, a lot of guys feel however they want to feel, but in my, in my eyes, they always cowards to me. You know, if you felt the need that you only tough when you got to get in a, and get in a gang, you're a coward. I, you know, you're a coward to me. That's cowardly to me. You know, anytime you catch them, going, I'm going to call my homies. You know, why, why are you creating a situation, but then now you got to call somebody? You know what I'm saying? You the one talking to stuff. You the one. Got, they got to you know, call the lifeline. 
Yeah, you know, now now you need help. So, you know, you got to beware of those type of people. Like, you ain't about that life, man. You know what I'm saying? If you a man hold his own, you know, even when they say God bless the child that has his own. So you right. leeching off another dude and no good intentions on your own to help yourself. Like, I don't deal with people like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I'm known for that because everybody know. If I got an issue with anybody, I'm going to take it to that person myself. You know what I'm saying? They, I, I'm not known for, I'm known to be able to have millions of guys that back me on whatever issue that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm involved in, but I don't utilize that because I, if mm-hmm. I'm going to utilize a million men to do something with me, it's going to be a million-man march on how we going to clean up these streets. You know what I'm saying? So it's not going to be a million men with me promoting violence and, 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 and genocide amongst each other. So that's that's not going to happen. So if the guys think they want to link up and click up with me and all that, and see, that's another thing. When you do consider yourself a having a movement, they automatically make it a game. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and then, you know, that's why I express global gangsters is a mind frame, you know, because gangsters did what they wanted, suckers do what they can. So it's a it's a it's a mind thing about it about the whole global gangsters acronym. You know, it's it's, it's you think it you think it and you do it. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. being a global gangster. Not no attached guns and all that with it. Yeah, we might speak on that type of stuff, but look what city we in. How we gonna how we gonna really uh, how how could we rap to you about glitz and glamour and there's over 300 murders a day out here? Like, be serious. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what part of fakery is that? You know, I, I basically got in the music game fakery. because I... There you go. Fakery. Yeah, I, I you got go. in the music game because I figured, you know, it was about real-life stories and let's, let's keep it real. And, you know, even just watching Public Enemy, they were speaking on real topics. If you go to NWA, real topics. Um, um, I think I said Public Enemy. If I didn't, but KRS-One, you know, real mm-hmm. topics. So... Right. Coming from Chicago, we thought that we were speaking on real topics. But now well, we, I, look, I look at it as the circus. I call it the circus because it, the, the label's getting all these guys that's Harvard graduates and then trying to say that they drug dealers. So, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. You know, so Whatever happened to Crucial Conflict? Out there, they, in they, they still around. They still out here. Really? They do, All right. Yeah, they they still do features here and there. Oh, I see them out. Do okay. or die. Uh, you know, they still out. They do be around. Actually, okay. um, GLC. I think he put out a project. I don't know the name of it, but I know he featured uh, Cold Hard on a couple of his records from okay. Conflict. And um, yeah, but. Yeah, everybody well, uh, the, the reason I mentioned crucial conflict because what we're going through now, right now, as a society, and the video that they made—I think it was like hay burning in the the barn, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, and in the middle fire. of the barn. Yes, and the fire was burning. That's kind of what it feels like, but no one really knows how to really express that uh, right. safely. And that's okay that you don't need to you really don't need to burn hay in a barn. But that video that was before all of our times 
to deal with what we're dealing with now. So that's why I was asking about crucial conflict because literally we are going through a crucial conflict at this particular point. And JoJo, I really want to ask you um, not to turn the show any sort of parameter, but what is your take on what took place out here on the further east coast in Newtown? In Connecticut. I mean, I obviously I know you know it's sad, but what they're talking about this guy was crazy. But no, what? Yeah, they always gonna say that the guys was crazy. What's crazy is uh, I want to be accurate, but what is crazy is two hundred million guns being manufactured and sold in the in the United States this year, and uh, uh, even. Um, um, I want to say 1.8 or 185,000 rounds of ammunition is being sold. That's what's crazy. Mm. Right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So okay. Why? You know? So how how could you fake being upset about what happened in the school? That's fakery. You can't fake. You know what I'm saying? That's being that's being fraudulent. You being a fraud, acting like you care about those kids losing their lives because you're not. Because mm-hmm. right now, today, I can, we can go purchase 10 more guns. You see what I'm saying? With 100 yeah. more rounds. And if each That's one of us want to want to wake up and go wake up on the wrong side of the bed and go in, in, in some um, schools and shoot it up and it's shoot them up, we can do just that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. what I've been saying. Thank you very much, sir. That's exactly what I've been trying to express. It's not the folks. It's the accessibility to different ammunitions or firearms that you can have your hands on. So you can be crazy, but you don't have to do all that. Right. So now it's like who who parades around and, uh, and, and, and try to help close down these gun makers? You know, actually, actually, I want to be all the way accurate. It was 200 million plus guns in circulation here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Consumer electronics remain the hottest item sold during Black Friday. But did you know over <laughs> 2 million guns was purchased along with over 154,000 rounds of ammunition? This holiday season, this holiday season alone, you know. So when you telling me something about a gang, I'm not trying to hear nothing about no gang. I'm trying to keep. I want to find out. Let's get the gangs to help go march on these gun makers, you know. Mm-hmm. And people saying I'm tripping because I said uh, let's change that amendment, you know, the right to bear arms. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody. Is tough with the gun, like all them, all these, um, all these accidental, quote unquote, murders that that's being brought upon from police departments all over the world. Mm-hmm. You taking guns away from them dudes, they not that tough. You see what I'm saying? But now yeah. you give them a gun, you give them a billy club, you give them a taser. Pepper spray. They got you know you you just all the way outnumbered. And if he wakes up and he has a mental issue or whatever, and he decides to take out his sick niece on you, then you just you just twist it. And now you got the the same government that you 
look forward into protecting you, protecting this 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 mad animal. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That didn't that that that, uh, that 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 done a Trayvon Martin situation. And he wasn't even and you see what happened with that. You they done swept that under the rug. You ain't heard nothing right. else about Trayvon no, Martin. It, 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 no, it's not swept under the rug as far as I'm concerned, no. Because I, I, I living in New York and in Harlem, I put my hoodie up and I'm walking and I see these white folks up here and if they even try and do anything, it's I'm the one that's going to be reaching for something before they are. It, it just sucks. It, it's a very right. bad situation. Right. So now it's like, you know, um, the guy, it, it's, just, it's just sad, man. It's sad, but it all boils down to the guns. Everybody tough now. How how did how how if they stopped the gun law? I mean, stop the making of guns. Then you mm-hmm. wouldn't hurt Trayvon. Would nothing would have happened to Trayvon? Because as you as you see, they were saying Trayvon and screws my French was beating his ass. You know what I'm saying? From following them, which which what made them shoot him. You right. know what I'm saying? He didn't beat right. the hell out of him. Now and and, 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 Al, and Al Sharpton said two things really good, and I don't really quote Al Sharpton very well, but we still don't know what happened with Trayvon and the gentleman that killed him, nor the other situation uh, where the young child gentleman. was killed up here in um, the Bronx, where the child was taken out from a stray bullet. It's just it's just a very it's not and guns don't kill people. It's people that kill people, and it's just it's it's a very um, sensitive and special situation that we all have, really have to address. Right. Are you saying, our, Jojo? Are you are you saying that you would um, want to remove the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, from the Constitution? Yes, because if you okay. if you if you do that, mm-hmm. there's no. It's, it's, it's nobody to argue with the fact that, you know, we got the right to do it. So if you right. remove it, if you remove it and stop the making, stop the making of it, it won't be no demand of something that you can't get a hold of. Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's no, de- it's no demand for something that's basically going into extinction, you know. So if you melt all yeah. these guns down, you know, and use that metal for or that for whatever, you know, then you you don't have those issues. So now you don't have to. People is having bipolar panic attacks because they don't know if they walk through certain hoods or neighborhoods that if somebody gonna jump out with a gun, you know, a person. Even though people say a knife can a knife can do more damage to you as well, but you got a better chance if you're. If you're fit, you can outrun this dude with this knife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or you can, or you can. He only got one swing. With a gun, you defenseless. Who trying? Who mm-hmm. trying to? You see what I'm saying? You know you in a no, you in a no win situation. So why, why would they allow them to keep making guns? It's not that much. And then it's like you encouraging, you encouraging death and murder by a gun anyway. Even if you use the fact that oh, it's for hunting. Hunting what, man? <laughs> you know, you know, if you're gonna say you're a god, you're a god-biding citizen. A lot, you know, how's you, how are you doing bodily harm to one of God's creatures? Like that's crazy. Yeah. But everybody's yeah. so religious and all this. Like, come on, man, it, it, it's it's too much buffoonery going on out here. Yeah, 
Mm, agreed. <laughs> uh, Jojo, I wanna, before we go, I want uh, to touch a bit on um, what's going on with, with you and, and Jim Jones. You guys used to be like family, and now uh, I, I saw you say that anytime there's time to break bread, he, he does some jerk boy shit, and uh, when you talk to uh, Cameron about this, he just said, man, you know how he is. Do you find it weird that that that's his reputation even amongst Dipset is that that's just how he is? Yeah, that's terrible, man. That's a, that's a stingy, selfish little kid. Like, you know how a person say, no, you can't have none of my chips, but your grandmother say, your grandmother make you share your same chips with him, though. The, the, dude, mm-hmm. the same dude that don't want to give you none of his chips. She she make she make you do his. You mean you know make him share share yours? Yeah, and, and for for somebody to be in that situation and to be so successful, and now I I hear that I I mean in in looking at your interviews, there's some pretty disturbing things like that. Uh, I, you said that he had a a six eight security guard beat up an eighteen year old uh, photographer. Yeah, they look the little dude that um. The little good dude, I can't think of his name right now, but the little dude that called me, you know, he was highly upset. You know, he was like, man, I do a lot of film work for them and this and that, and I just couldn't believe he had this big, overgrown man basically beat me up. I'm 18 years old, and he and he had this guy beat me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, now you thought to have this dude do it so you wouldn't get sued, you know, it, yeah. it's just sad. It's sad, man. Like it's a, like I said, it's a lot of cowardly things that get done. Everybody's so tough, but they're not doing nothing on their own. It's all about waving that dollar in front of somebody. Like, you know, if you listen to these dudes, um, even just to go back to Ross, instead of him trying to squash the situation, the first thing comes out of his mouth, I'm worth $50 million. I can have a 1,000 killers or whatever the hell he said in every neighborhood. You see what I'm saying? Now, if you now if you think you can get these guys and pay these guys some money, because, see, at first everybody was about to say, oh, he's a victim, these dudes is taking advantage of him, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, they, they just shut the um, concert down, so now people were starting to sympathize with him, like, he's a victim. Then what happened? He comes right out and say, oh, I got $50 million. I can have 1000 People, a thousand killers or goons or whatever he said in, in every uh-huh. hood. If I want to, like, why would you do that? Like, who gave, yeah, who advised him? Who advised him to do that? Like, first of all, the cause is going around that the other members on the label is scared for their life because of this situation. Then you put their life right back in jeopardy. Why would you do wow. that? That just that don't make okay. sense because now now you gotta you gotta you gotta realize if you want to get a dude's um. Credit for being smart, you know, you don't taunt nobody that's trying to do bodily harm to you, man. You just don't do it. You know, yeah. even fa- fans been killing, fans been killing their favorite artists for for throughout the years. Yeah. The Selenas and the rest of them, you know what I'm saying? They've been Dollar, getting murdered yeah. by, by just deranged fans, you know what I'm saying? So why would you taunt some guys that, basically cares nothing about you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that just that just that just 
if it's not for nothing, that's just what took the cake with me. So that's why I say I wash my hands from that. Like, I, like right. once that, once that happened, I say okay, okay. Not for nothing. Not for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you know. When you do that, okay, okay, I'm through. I didn't want to comment on it. I hate I even got to speak on it now, mm-hmm. but it's just sad, man. Like I don't understand why would he do that. Like I don't, I don't right. understand that. I don't understand that at all. Like I don't understand it. But like I say, it's like your back get up against the wall, and everybody' life is in jeopardy because you didn't just think of it for everybody when you made a statement like that. Because now. Even if them guys felt the need to back up off of them or give them a pass or whatever they wanted to do, you taunted them to make them get right back in the same thought process. <laughs> so now you yeah. got some guys that so you not so now you got guys that feel like we can, we don't care about nothing. He got to go. You see what I'm saying? And that's the part that and yes, that's sir. the part that, yes, that that's the part. That's the part that's that's the sad part about it. It is, but it's funny but sad in the same context. Yeah, definitely. When it comes getting back to Jim Jones, you you mentioned that there's, uh, you know, there's been several times where you guys have the chance to break bread to put it all behind you. Do you think that it'll actually come to fruition where that time actually comes and it actually works? No, I, I, I really, he showed me what type of person he was from the beginning. So it's damned on me the second time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's damned on me. And then now you now you showed the world. So at first people probably thought, oh, he's bullying them, or he just, he upset, that he just going, being belligerent or whatever, right? But now you see, you show the world on your reality show, a woman you're supposed to spend the rest of your life with, you're not even trying to give her you're not even trying to compensate her for the work that she's doing. So this just shows you that he he really has a problem. And they and they showed you that on T they showed the world that. So if anybody those naysayers that felt like oh he's bullying on him, Jim not like that and all that, now what are you going to say if y'all watch the Jim and Chrissy show? When he when she told him, Okay, I would do whatever you want me to do, but homeboy, you are going to pay me. You see what I'm saying? And it's just the difference. This was his woman, so he felt like he can use her for what she know how to do. You know what I'm saying? Now he look at me. Okay, this is my big bro. He going to do whatever I need him to do because he's my brother, which was, which was cool until I seen it was it was becoming like he, you so dependent, but you're not willing to break bread. Like, like if it's something as simple as like, come on, help me move some furniture. Yeah, there's no, there's no price on helping you move no furniture. But mm-hmm. you're not gonna say, uh, Joe, read all these contracts and let me know if I should sign them. And then I say, okay, well, and I scratch out all the clause. Look, we, this not a good deal. This not a good deal right here. So he declined the deal and don't do the deal. Now they fix the corrections, right? They make they fix the corrections that I pointed out, and now now they give you thirty million dollars. Now you smiling, you the happiest dude in the world, but you have not once say, Joe, here go a percentage, put this in your account, here go a check. You see what I'm saying? You just feel like you my brother. Wherever I travel, you travel. Wherever I sleep, you sleep. Like, come on, man, you can't. Nah, man, you the little brother. You don't do me like I'm the little brother. You know what I'm saying? Like like that, and I wouldn't even do my little brother like that, and he know that. He know I wouldn't do that to him. Like, as we say up top, son him. Don't son me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like, don't do that. So before, before you, you know, and, and and that's why I turned another way because this ain't that type of situation. If you let him do that, he'll continue to do it. I don't care if your mother's screaming and hollering, mother, mama, we about to fight right here in the street. I'm not gonna kill him, but I'm gonna beat the hell out of him. You know what I'm saying? Because he gonna know not to be, he know he gonna know not to pull that with me and hopefully nobody else. So that was it. I just was trying to show him a lesson. Like you can't do that to people, man. So it hurt me. It hurt me to this day to have to watch this show and you still doing the same thing, man. Mm-hmm. Like my thing was always a sense of concern for him because I never wanted nobody to hurt him or do no body harm to him. But if you keep doing stuff like that, somebody gonna seriously hurt you, man. Mm-hmm. You know, to where she told him, and look what happened. They wind up breaking up. And all that, she like, man, I can't, because it's, it's evident. Dude, you say you love me, but you don't want me to have my own? Like, that don't even make sense. That don't make sense. And not even just have my own. This is what I'm working for. This woman waking up, coming up with creative ideas, color schemes, materials, putting in real nine-to-five type work, and you're not going to compensate the lady <laughs> nothing. Like, come on, man. Nine-to-five work. There you go. Yeah. So now, so, so so now it's like, okay, all oh, this was. So now it's the the the, the interviewers out there. Also, oh, this what JoJo meant about him. This mm. is what he. And there it is, right there. And, <laughs> and, 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 and how did she re, how did she respond? How did she react? Dude, this is over with. Don't call me. If you're not paying me, don't call me. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So now what? That put that strain on their relationship, because basically mm-hmm. you're saying you don't want you don't want me to excel in life. There's no other way to look at that. That's all I was trying to tell Jim, dude. There's no other way to look at that, man. There's no other way. No, there wow. isn't. There's I don't, not. No. I, I I really don't think there is any other positive way to look at that. But the, no, if you, you, you can't you can't say you direction. You, you can't say you love you can't say you love me. You care for no. me. You want the best for me, and no, show me the total opposite. No, different direction moving forward. Different direction moving forward. That's it. Gotta stay moving forward. All right. Well, JoJo Capone, the always outspoken, always very eloquent. Uh, I thank you so much for coming on. Check him out at actlikeitent.com. Follow him at Global Gangsters on Twitter. Um, anything else you want to plug? Any Is other? JoJo still anything? here. Yes, yeah. Jojo, you have infinitely inf- affected positively my life. I love you. I have love for you in my heart, so I thank you so very much. My name's Tamika Kid. Uh I'm almost famous, maybe I will be famous or infamous, what have you, but thank you <laughs> so much for coming on to Ryan's show. No problem and I love you more and I'm so glad that I was able to share and inspire as well. Thank you so much, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good night. All right. That was JoJo Capone. You've been listening to Blazing Rye Radio. Uh, Tamika, um, are, are, I sense that you have a new crush. I mean, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that I, Every time I think my situation are special. I hear about other situations, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm doing actually good. But that was special. 
So, and not to get into beef with nobody else, whatever. I'm not uh-huh. trying to get fame like that. It's cool. So, no, I. but my still crush is still on Harry. Sorry. Harry, Harry from One Direction? He, um, no comment. <laughs> I thought you didn't like the, the twinks. Dude, what I went through today for a friend of mine from college going down to the One Direction store at Madison Square Garden and getting uh, some child a onesie and I threw on a keychain and then after that I just, I don't know. But I always, but Harry showed something on the NBC uh, broadcast. He kind of like winked at the camera and ran his hand through his hair. That was actually kind of hot, so sorry. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like a fangirl, so whatever. That's okay. Uh, that's okay. I sound like that all the time when it comes to Brent Neary and Chandler Massey. Um, so let's uh, <laughs> let's end the show with a little blazing with trends here. There's something on Twitter trending called 2012 Taught Me. Hashtag 2012 Taught Me is trending right now. There's one guy named taught, Aaron Monarch. Taught says, me? Yeah, it, taught it, it, me. Uh, okay. He says, 2012 Taught Me to spend more time with the ones who love you, not necessarily the ones you love. What do you think about that? That's okay to do that, but I hope it expands past the uh, 2012. I mean, what? Come on. Let's go. How about this? Willie Clark says, 2012 taught me the class of 2015 belongs nowhere near the rap game. What do you think about that? I think they probably will end up being a hot mess at some point. <laughs> now, this one... This is Audrey Fry, and I have a feeling she may have just uh, grad- she may have just ended her freshman year of college because she said, "2012 taught me being fat keeps you nice and cozy when it's cold out." Well, I'm sorry. What was the question again? <laughs> just tell me what you think about that girl in that tweet. She said, "2012 taught me being fat keeps you nice and cozy when it's cold out." What do you think about that? No, that no, that's not good. That almost sounds dirty. No, no I don't. I don't like. I don't like that. Okay, all right. Let's see. How about this one? We'll end on this one. Ryan Castro tweets: "The less you give a fuck, the happier you'll be." That's that's fucking hot. 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 All right. Somehow we've gone into hotter hot mess. Anyway, we got to go. Uh, big thanks to JoJo Capone. Um, great interview. Jo-Jo. Very uh, insightful. Tamika, I can't thank you enough for doing it. Thank you so much, and you have a thank wonderful night. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you having me on again, and uh, we'll see where I end up. I, I may be uh, co-hosting with you in L.A. We have no idea just yet, but we'll keep it open. You know? We'll keep it open. Keep an open mind. LA is a great place in a lot of ways. It just wasn't me in two thousand uh, And 2000. it's not me it's not me, but I just don't want to be out in the cold because it's about to get cold out here, so whatever. Yeah. All right. Well I can think of no better way of ending the show than by saying if it ain't showbiz, it ain't a biz. Hit the brakes, Florence. And lastly, Tamika, if you have a Barbie doll, what are you gonna do with that Barbie doll? I'm going to burn her nipples, each one on the stove, and then leave her with her drawers on 
and then cut her hair off and then bend her backwards and then unfortunately leave her for my mother to find and ask me what's wrong with me. So at this point, it's paper towels, dude. Paper Paper towels. Going to bed. Good night, everybody. You girl, you got problems. You know that? Yes, sir. I do. <laughs> All right. Good night. Bye.